what is going on guys hope we are all doing well it is the 27th of july when i am recording this and we have some very very interesting weather on our hands last week we had like 30 plus degrees here in jersey which is nuts and and pretty much unheard of and now we have thunderstorms then it's sunny and 22 degrees and then it's howly and blowing an absolute hooli so it has been an interesting one but welcome to the podcast it is episode 34 that's 34 times you've had to listen to my voice so i do apologize but i hope it has been useful guys if it has been useful uh, i am massive massively massively appreciate it when you can share these episodes to your social media just give me a little tag or something like that drop me a message let me know what you found useful what you liked what you didn't like hey if it was great let me know hey if you hated it please let me know uh, i want to give you guys as much valuable content as i possibly can and the more feedback that i can get can get from you all the more it helps me do this okay so as we get into things today, we are going to be covering a topic which I think a lot of people um, really do forget about. And we're going to be talking about recovery and some of my personal favorite top five ways to maximize your recovery. Because at the end of the day, we are only as good as the work that we can recover from. Okay. Now, I've always said it, and I think there's, there is this massive stigma in the fitness industry about getting more from more. And personally, I think that is completely backwards. There's this big egotistical thing at the moment where it's like, hey, look at me. I got shredded and I only ate a thousand calories. It's like, well done, mate. You made it 10 times harder than you possibly needed to. It's like, hey, look at me. I managed to do 20 sets on the leg press and completely fuck my legs so I couldn't move. I'm like, well done. You now have ruined every other training session for the rest of the week. And you've been a grunt, you're going to be a grumpy bastard at home and your partner, your girlfriend, your kids your mum, your dad are gonna absolutely hate you because you're being moody as fuck so what i want to think about here is i want you to guys to kind of completely switch how you think about things on on its head i want you to start thinking about getting more from less i'm not saying be lazy i'm not saying don't go above and beyond i'm not saying don't work hard i'm saying work smart do what you need to in order to get results because then you have so much left in your arsenal to then implement to help yourself keep progressing, okay? So let's think about it in terms of a war, for example. If you sent every single person out um, and you used all your, like, your ammunition, you ran out of bullets, you ran out of guns, blah, 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 but they still kept coming and you wanted to keep get progressing forwards, hey, you've got nothing left to keep giving, okay? I got nothing left, all right? Um, so what you want to do is you want to send out some of the guys, send up some of the troops, use some of the ammunition, but keep some back because if you need to send a second wave to progress further, a third wave to progress further, a fourth wave to progress further. So particularly when you're starting out, even when you're starting like a rebuild, maybe you've been in shape and you're trying to get back in shape, it's massively important that you don't just throw the fucking kitchen sink at things and hope for the best. It's about having a strategical strategy um, put in place to help yourself progress. Okay, so think about more from less. When you hit plateaus, then you have space to add a little bit, add a little bit, add a little bit. But kind of getting into things now, all right? Now, if you don't recover well, you break. Okay. I know that's a little bit straight, but it's very, very simple. You can overtrain, you can get injured, you can feel lethargic, you can actually end up not making any progress in the gym because you're not recovering. Now, when we are training, 
we're actually breaking muscle fibers. Now, our muscles are made up of millions and millions and millions and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of little tiny muscle fibers. Okay. When we work out, we actually break them. Well, that's why we get sore. We get inflammation. We get um, soreness. Okay. It's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. When we recover, these actually build back. They repair. That's why we eat protein for growth and repair. Okay. So what we have to remember doing is we get stronger. We progress when we recover. Okay. We break ourselves in the gym. We recover outside the gym. If you're constantly just breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, you're never actually repairing. You're never actually going to build the best muscle that you possibly can. You're never going to be able to perform your best because you're constantly going to feel beat up, potentially overtrained. Okay. Now, the reason that muscles get bigger or get leaner or get stronger is because we break these muscle fibers at a certain stimulus. Okay. So let's just say we broke these muscle fibers at a hundred kilo squat. For example, those muscle fibers break. They think, fuck this. I don't want to get broken anymore. So they re when they rebuild again, they repair again, they repair a little bit stronger so that they then don't break again when you do hundred. So that's why you can now lift 102. Then they break. Then you go 105 and break and they go 107 and break. And this is why we can keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger over time. Yes, we have to implement some different kind of progression methods, single progression, double progression, triple progression, using our unique triple progression framework, which will allow you to keep progressing forever. And eventually, yes, progression does slow down eventually, but you can keep getting stronger forever. Ever. Why do you think there's guys deadlifting 500 kilos? This isn't me saying, hey, you or myself are going to be able to deadlift 500 kilos. But it's me here saying that you have a hell of a lot more in your locker than you might think you do. Now, in no particular order at all, I'm just going to go over some of these top five um, ways to for you to maximize your recovery, because I hope you realize how important your recovery now is, okay? If you are not recovering well, you are leaving gains, you are leaving results, you are leaving quality of life on the table, okay? As well as these being massively important for hydration, I genuinely do believe they are important for quality of life because, hey, if you're walking around feeling absolutely fried mentally, you've got brain fog, you can't concentrate, you're grumpy, you're tired, you're hungry, all of these different things. Hey, I hate to break it to you, but you're actually not really very fun to be around. Okay. And the number one kind of thing I think is, is absolutely essential for you making sure to maximize your recovery is just literally going to be your nutrition hydration. Now I'm going to try and keep these a little bit short and sweet because I could literally ramble on for about an hour on each of these topics, keeping it very, very simple within our nutrition and our hydration. A couple of big things is one with our nutrition, we've got to ensure that one, if we are in a calorie deficit, we're eating less than we're burning and we're looking to lose body fat, we're not in too big of a calorie deficit because recovering muscle takes energy, okay? And if we're literally using all of our energy purely just to be alive, then we've got no real extra energy, extra calories to put towards growing, recovering, and repairing. So Generally, we kind of see the maximum you really want to be eliciting is anywhere from like 300 to 700 calorie deficit per day. So if my calorie maintenance is around 3,500 calories, which it is, if I eat 3,500 calories a day, my weight just kind of maintains. I'm super, super active. I've been training for a long time. I have a decent chunk of muscle now. If I was to eat around 3,000 calories, that's a good quality deficit for me. Maybe even up to 2,700, 2,800, I would get away with that. If I start doing more than that, I'm just not going to recover how I want to or perform how I want to in my training, my cardio, all these different, just life, to be honest. <laughs> hey, when I get hangry, I am no fun to be around. So number one, making sure our deficit is not too big. 
Okay. Number two, making sure that we hit our protein targets. Okay. Protein genuinely is our building blocks for um, muscle. Our muscles are made out of proteins. They're made out of amino acids. Amino acids are proteins in their most simplest form. If you want to get really geeky, particularly a great amino acid to help with muscle repair is, a, is an amino acid called leucine. This is often found in protein shakes. This is why it's said, quote unquote, to be optimal for muscle recovery. It's just a very fast absorbing amino acid. But making sure that we get enough protein and supplying our body with enough protein to aid growth, muscle and repair and recovery. Okay. If we want to go even more into detail, one, how much protein should you be having anywhere from 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight? If you want to make it easy, just aim for the middle, aim for one gram per pound. If I weighed 180 pounds, that means I'm aiming for about 180 grams of protein. Okay. Even better we want to try and space that out as even as we possibly can throughout the day in kind of anywhere from 20 to 50 gram per portions, quite evenly spaced out, normally around four hours between meal. This is going to maximize something called protein synthesis. Now we have pro we have an anabolic and a catabolic window. God, we're going really sciencey today. Um, anabolic is where we can build muscle, where we can recover the best. Catabolic is where we're actually breaking down muscle. And throughout the day, we will go through waves up and down of being anabolic and being catabolic. Okay. If we have a big spike of protein for the start of the day, protein helps us go anabolic so we can recover. We can grow, grow lean, strong tone muscle. And then as we go throughout the day and we fast and we fast, and we haven't eaten any more protein. We start to go down into a catabolic state where we are kind of breaking down muscle and then we eat more protein and we go back up into an anabolic state. So we can see, let's say we ate hundred grams of protein for breakfast and then didn't eat anything for 12 hours and ate hundred 80 grams for dinner. One, it's going to be very hard for us to digest effectively, but also we can see we're going to have this big middle chunk where we're probably going catabolic. This is us reading into the details big time. So if you're just nailing a protein target over the day, you're doing pretty damn well. But if you're like me, you're looking to optimize, take yourself to the next level, reach your full potential, then it is going to be absolutely essential that we do look at having these regular protein timings throughout the day. Like I said, aiming between 20 to 40 grams roughly. And if you can spread it out, normally the science says best is kind of three to five, more so four or five protein servings throughout the day. You'll be absolutely crushing it, okay? Um, the next thing is just making sure that we do look at um, food quality, supplying ourselves with a good variety of different proteins, lots of vitamins and minerals from different fruits. You've all heard me say, make sure that we eat the rainbow. Now, if we're eating the rainbow, we're eating um, fruits and vegetables from all different colors. We're going to be getting a wide variety of vitamins and minerals. These are going to help supply our muscles with the proteins and everything like this that is going to help us recover to the best of our ability. Okay. Also, it's going to help us stay fit and healthy so that we can train more and not let us get ill. Okay. The last one is just hydration. Hydration is absolutely essential, particularly when you're training hard, you're going to be sweating out loads. So we need to replace um, one, the liquid to the salts, the electrolytes. Okay. So I've actually been starting my day every single morning with just a, a science and sport. You can get loads of different ones, electrolyte tab, and I've been feeling absolutely amazing. Now, Interesting, might be a little bit too much information. So if you want to skip the next minute or so, crack on. But I've always drunk loads and loads of water, but I've always gone to the toilet shit loads as well. I almost think this is because I was drinking too much and more water is obviously a diuretic. So it was just going straight through me. So although I was drinking lots of water, I don't think my hydration levels were actually that good because I was just using it almost like a diuretic. 
since using the electrolyte tabs, I'm e drinking equally, maybe even more water, but I'm not going to the toilet as much because I'm better hydrated. My body's actually holding on to this liquid, which is a lot better in terms of sporting performance, which is what we want as well. Okay. So now moving on to the second, I appreciate that was very long, by the way. Um, the second most important thing, or one of the next most important things in terms of your recovery that can massively help fast track it, I believe is regular soft tissue work, whether that be in the form of getting a sports massage or that just be self myofascial release in terms of foam rolling using a lacrosse ball. It can be absolutely essential. Okay. Now for me, this is absolutely incredible. I always just, it helps me get rid of any aches and pains. I don't know how much there's not, there's mixed science behind the foam rolling and things like that. I think you've got to try it, see if it works. There's certain areas, which I feel like it works quite well for me, just lower body wise quads, um, particularly, particularly quads and calves work really well for me. Um, also it just helps increase blood flow. So we'll help delivering those nutrients from our nutrition to the muscles so that we can fast track recovery, um, and kind of keep ourselves moving and things like that as well. Okay. It's also massively good for just mobility, flexibility, durability, um, just helping you stay functional. So we don't get injured whilst we train, and so that you can give 100% in your training session so that you don't end up overtraining. So this can also massively obviously then aid in terms of flexibility and mobility, your ability to recover because we're increasing that blood flow as well. I think the other thing here is if you can get massages, there's only so much foam rolling you can do. There's only so much you can get into those muscles and really make a difference as well. So I think if you can get regular sports massage, I've been doing this now for the last 18 months or so, try and get at least one every three weeks. I try and do every two weeks, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Life gets in the way. Um, and it has been an absolute game changer. Touch wood, every piece of wood possibly around me. There we go. We can hear. Apologies, that was probably really loud. Um, I haven't got injured. Okay. I've had little niggles and things like that, but it's helped me stay on top of all these things. Okay. Um, also just obviously be aware. Um, the next thing we're going to be going to into is just active recovery. Now, number three here, lots and lots of people, they get sore, they get niggles, they're not recovering and they just go and lie on the fucking sofa. Okay. Meanwhile, that's great because you're resting. So you're recovering you need to get moving a little bit, super, super low intensity. This is going to increase blood flow again and help deliver nutrients, deliver quality to the muscles. So, and give them the fuel that they need to recover. Okay. Things like walking are great. Cycling is particularly awesome because it is very, very low impact. Swimming again is great because it's going to get you full body moving, but with no extra impact that is going to break down more muscle fibers. Okay. You don't just break muscle fibers when you are lifting weights. You you break muscle fibers all the time when we're training to a higher intensity than what we're used to. So, Hey, I've been really sore for my runs recently, just because I've been pushing myself to go further, to go longer, to go quicker, to go harder. And my muscles aren't used to it. So they are breaking. And then we regrow if we recover and then I can do it again a lot more comfortably. Okay. So active recovery, trying to factor this in, stay as, as active as you can keep moving, but keep the intensity nice and low will massively help you speed up your recovery, mainly because it just helps really increase blood flow. Okay. Now moving into the last two, and these are really the two most important, if you ask me. Okay. The number one is just making sure that you have a balanced training program. It's making sure that you have looked at your training program. You're training hard enough, but not too hard. 
you've got the right amount of volume in terms of how many sets are we doing? How many times a week are we training? Looking at it and asking, are we recovering from it in time for my next session? Yes, no, maybe. Hey, and then making the changes that you need to. I could literally go into this and this could be 10 episodes within itself. We could do an episode on volume, an episode on intensity, an episode on deloads, an episode on recovery, an episode on rest times. And hey, I probably will do those eventually. But I just constantly want you to ask yourself this question. When I go into my next train, so let's say I trained uh, yesterday, I'm training tomorrow and I'm training some similar muscle groups. So yesterday I did deadlift and Wednesday I've got uh, squats. Am I able to go in and give 100% to those to that next exercise, the next session? If I'm not, I'm probably not recovering 100%. So one, I need to look at all the other variables first to make sure my hydration is on point, my active recoveries, mobility work, my nutrition's on point, also sleep, which is the next point is on point. If all of those on point, I'm still not recovering, then I probably need to take down the amount of work that I'm doing. Maybe I need to take a set off. Maybe I only need to do two sets rather than three sets. But this is a complete rabbit hole that I don't want to go into because it would be the world's longest podcast. And I want to keep these short and sweet as always. But I think the biggest thing is just ask yourself that question. Am I fully recovered and able to give 100% in the next session? If not, assess all of the different metrics, then come back to it, maybe drop a set off things and see how you go from there. Okay. I would say that volume would be the first thing that you should pull back. And then you should look at your intensity, how hard you're working. Now we don't always want to be training completely to failure so that you are literally like busting a nut to get that last rep out, like veins popping out your head, screaming at yourself. Like we don't need to be training at that intensity all the time. Yes, we need to be training fucking hard. And in terms of how hard, literature and science says that we can build muscle as long as we are training at kind of RPE 7 and above. So RPE 7 is three reps left in the tank. Sometimes this is called RIR, reps in reserve. So if it was RPE or RIR 8, that means two reps left in the tank. Nine would be one left in the tank. Six would be four left in the tank. But RPE 10 is like, I've got a gun to your head saying, hey, if you don't get this rep, if you don't get this rep, I'm going to put a bullet in your head and you get it just by the skin of your teeth, but you know where you could do another one. That is RPE 10. A lot of people don't understand what true intensity is. Um, and I think this is something you learn as you kind of train more and you train with different people. You learn how to train hard. But as long as we are training at RPE 7 and above, we can get good quality sessions. And that's not saying we have to train at RPE 10, but if you're training seven, eight, nine, you're going to be doing well and you're going to have more ability to recover from that than if you were training at 10 all the time. Okay. So making sure that you have a well-structured, balanced training program is absolutely essential. Okay. And if you are struggling with doing all of that, just simply drop me a message. I'm more than happy to help you out. We've now helped 500 plus people get in world-class shape and maintain it by helping them look after all of this stuff, because it can be super, super confusing. There are so many conflicting arguments out there. Let us take the thinking out of it for you and just give you a fail-proof plan. Just literally drop me a message on Instagram saying the word training and I'll help you out. Okay. But moving on to the last one, which is, as we all know, probably one of my favorite topics and one of the things that I am most interested about, and it's actually sleep. Sleep, 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 sleep. Sleep is the number one driver of good quality recovery and your ability to perform, your ability to think clearly, be have clarity, perform at your highest ability, your true potential, get rid of brain fog, increase just everything across the board. Now, 
particularly a few things that we want to look at. Okay. Um, if you haven't go and check out a few episodes before, I'm not hundred percent what sure what episode it is. I could find out because I am always wanting to look after you guys to the best of my ability. I'm going to find out exactly what episode it is for you all so that you can head back and listen to it. The episode I did was on how to improve your sleep quality. And that was episode 24 posted on the 13th of May. And it's some of our top tips on how to improve your sleep. Okay. But some of the things we want to be mindful of is number one, it's making sure that we give ourselves a big enough sleep opportunity. Because if we're setting ourselves up to fail, guess what? You're never going to be successful. So a sleep opportunity is looking at, hey, I need to wake up this time. If I want to be getting seven to nine hours of good quality sleep, which every human being should be, if I know I'm going to be waking up at six, I need to be getting to bed at like 10, 11 o'clock. That gives me enough of a sleep opportunity to get my seven to nine hours. If I know I need to be up at six and I'm going to bed at 12, I know there's no way that I'm getting enough sleep. So you need to set yourself up for success. Sleep opportunity, okay? The next thing is looking at your sleep quality. It's one thing to sleep seven to nine hours. It's another thing to sleep a good seven to nine hours, okay? Now, we all know what it's like when you wake up and you feel groggy, you feel tired, or you just have brain fog. That's because you haven't had good quality sleep, even though you might have slept nine hours. Okay. There's a million different things that we can do to help improve your sleep quality. One of the biggest ones that I see for people messing up is one caffeine intake. They're taking caffeine too close to bed. Make sure that we are not really having any caffeine post 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the morning, really, if you want to sleep well. Number two is eating too close to bed because when we're digesting, the blood goes to our stomach and this affects our digestion. For one, it also affects our ability to get into REM sleep, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And then the last one is just not actually winding down. People go, 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 go before bed. They haven't got an evening routine. They don't know how to wind down. So for me, it's literally just making sure that I turn my phone off an hour before bed. I don't find myself scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Okay. It's making sure that I have disconnected from things and I've had some time just to chill out and not think about anything. All right. And just a quick, whilst we're staying on the sciencey geeky route, which we have been this episode. So I apologize if you enjoy it again, let me know, please. If you haven't enjoyed it again, tell me, Simon, stop going on about all the sciencey stuff. I don't want to listen to it. When we're looking at sleep, one of the most important things that we want to be looking at is REM sleep. That's rapid eye movement. This is our most regenerative. It's the most restorative um, stages of sleep. Okay. So if we sleep well, our sleep quality is good and we're getting high REM sleep, this is how we are going to be recovering the most. Okay. So it's something to have a little bit of a look at. Okay. But guys, I'm going to wrap this up to here. I hope that was absolutely super freaking useful for it. I actually really enjoyed that podcast as recovery is something that I have been getting a hell of a lot more into as I get older. Yes, I'm saying that at the grand age of 24 right now. <laughs> um, but also his training load with the marathon ramps up. I'm now running four times a week, obviously some ran 75K last week. I'm running some serious distance as well as trying to train, as well as trying to run a business and be a half decent son, brother, friend, all of those different things. Me making sure that I am recovering and 
performing to the best of my ability so that I can deliver and be the best version of myself to everyone around me, recovery becomes absolutely essential. Okay. So if you're struggling with your recovery, you're struggling to see the results that you want, just like I said, drop me a message, more than happy to help you out. I'll also leave the um, links to apply, booking a transformation strategy call with me. Um, we'll have a little look at where you are right now, where you want to be, where you might be stuck and ultimately how we can help you get some absolute world-class results. And if you'd be a good fit for our online coaching program, just click below, book in the call, and we can have a bit of a chat, okay? But please reach out to me on IG. Let me know if you enjoyed this. Let me know if you didn't enjoy this. And then lastly, please, if you're kind enough, just give this a share to your Instagram story and give me a tag at Simon Johnson Fitness. And guys, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. I will see you in the next episode.